Welcome to the Healing Trauma and CPTSD podcast. I'm your host, Monique Coven. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and this podcast is all about hope and recovery. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So we're continuing in our series of the different trauma healing modalities. And I have with me Melissa Parks. Melissa's been with us before. And she's a therapist that uses attachment-focused EMDR in uh, in her work with her clients. And for those of you who are not familiar with EMDR or attachment focus EMDR, then this will be a great introduction for you. So I really do hope that you find this episode with Melissa helpful. Hi, Melissa. Hi, how are you? Good. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here again. It's, it's, it was nice to be invited. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. So Melissa, this time we're going to be talking about one of the approaches that you specialize in with your clients. Um, and that is attachment focused EMDR. And, um, you know, so many people um, want to know about these different trauma modalities. So I thought it would be great to be able to speak to um, a trauma therapist who could explain the different types of, of modalities. And this one, trauma, I'm sorry, attachment focused EMDR sounds very interesting. So let me ask you, what is attachment-focused EMDR? Yes. So um, I think it'll be helpful for me to first explain what EMDR is and then bring in the attachment piece later. So um, EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. And it is a It's an evidence-based treatment. So what that means is just that it's been extensively researched and it has proven outcomes and it helps people recover from trauma and other distressing experience experiences. So it's not just trauma. So this can be, you know, somebody that's, you know, struggling with chronic depression or anxiety and intrusive thoughts, or just like some stuckness. Um, and so that's, that's the really neat thing is that it's not only for trauma, it's for, for these other things too, these other symptoms. And it's really based on the idea that negative thoughts, feelings, and beliefs and behaviors are the result of unprocessed memories. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they're, um, unprocessed memories, that's where these thoughts and beliefs and ideas are coming from. Okay. And so how, how is it different from other therapies? Right. So this is like, I think just to geek out a little bit on the brain science piece first, um, which I know that you've had lots of people on here talking about the brain science with, with, and trauma. And, but it's important, I think, to highlight that, that we, we have, so part of, with our brain, we have an upstairs brain and a downstairs brain. So the downstairs brain, that's the, um, that's where the limbic system is. That's the amygdala, your fight flight response. That's the most primitive part of your brain. 
and it's online at birth, right? And this is where those, those feelings, those intense feelings come up. And then we have our upstairs brain and that's the more sophisticated part of the brain that's not online at birth. It's completely under construction and not fully developed until we're well into our 20s. Uh, and this is where we rationalize, we analyze, we control our behavior, we're able to soothe ourselves. Um, and a side note with that, I think this is just really important as we continue our conversation, but this is why it's super important that we have an attuned caregiver because it is literally impossible for, ki for kids to soothe themselves and control their behavior at times. They have no access to their upstairs brain. It's, it's under construction. And so it's really important that we offer that sense of, of um, co-regulation and, and for kids when, when they're little, because they just don't have that ability to you know, rationalize and soothe like we do as, an adult, as adults. So with that being said, with the upstairs downstairs thing, traditional talk therapy and some of the traditional talk therapy approaches are top down approaches. So we go into therapy and we attempt to talk about our problems. We attend to overthink of, about our problems. We use that sophisticated brain, that rational thinking brain, hoping that all this thinking will change how we feel. EMDR is different in that it's a bottom-up approach. So we focus more on the feelings that are at, at the root, stored in that downstairs brain. And we do more of the feeling stuff to help us change how we think about the world and about ourselves. So we hit it from the bottom up. And so that's like the, that's, I would say would be the main difference of EMDR versus some other, um, some other modalities. And that's not to say that top-down approaches aren't effective. I use tons of top-down approaches in my therapy and integrate them. Um, but EMDR, there's just something about, um, especially for those that are really stuck in some of their trauma responses or just stuck in general, you know, we can't think our way out of that a lot of the time. Yeah. And we need, we need to do it from a different way. And EMDR offers that way from the bottom up. Well, yeah. And especially when you're talking about the downstairs um, and it's those kind of primitive uh, That's right. brainstem responses, there's no, there's no thinking um, that you can't think yourself out of, of that experience. Um, but so you explained EMDR um, but still, I wonder if you could explain it just a, a little bit more with, um, the processing. I don't know. Um, because a lot yes. of people, yeah. So mm -hmm, if you could talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So, um, so the treatment, it involves procedures that we have two things going on with the treatment. The first one is that it includes focusing on the things associated with trauma or a distress. So things like the thoughts, the feelings, the images, the body sensations, you know, all that stuff from the amygdala, the downstairs brain. So it's that first piece. We focus on those things. And then the other piece is that we bring in bilateral stimulation. Okay, what is that, right? I tell my clients, be open to getting a little weird. <laughs> so bilateral stimulation is the use of rhythmic side to side stimulation. And there's lots of ways that we do that in treatment. 
Um, I mostly use tapping um, for bilateral stimulation. So I might sit in front of a client in session and, you know, we're, we're bringing up the um, issue that we're trying to work on. And I sit in front of the client and I might use my hands and I would tap their knees side to side, back and forth. Um, I also have a, a little electronic way that I do it where um, clients hold these little paddles in their hands and it sort of vibrates back and forth. And mm -hmm. so that mimics the bilateral stimulation. There's lots of other ways. Um, the traditional form of bilateral stimulation is using eye movements, hence EMDR. Um, so a, a therapist would take their fingers and sort of wave them in front of the client and the client's eyes will follow, would follow back and forth crossing their midline. And that would be a form of bilateral stimulation. And there's, and there's, you know, with technology, there's light bars. So th therapists might have an, an, uh, like a bar that has this light that would go back and forth and, and the client's eyes would follow the light. And then the other way would be auditory uh, stimulation. So they might wear the uh, headphones and they would listen to a tone that would go back and forth and back and forth. And um, so this is the important part because um, and just what EMDR is kind of known for is this bilateral stimulation piece. Bilateral stimulation is meant to activate and integrate information from both sides of the brain. And so when we use the bilateral stimulation and we activate the trauma, it has this impact where our system sort of, sort of like metabolizes or processes the memories and we feel better. Wow. I know. Isn't that cool? Yes. It sounds it's, it's super cool. cool. My favorite thing about it too, is that like EMD, EMDR assumes that a client has everything that they need inside of them. Really that it, there's, there's, they're not lacking that, you know, I'm certainly there to help them through the process, but I can look at a client and I assume that they have everything that they need mm -hmm. to move through this issue. And I'm just sort of, you know, kind of helping them navigate a little bit, which is really, really cool. Yes. Yeah, sounds very, very, very empowering. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. So now we're going to get to, um, well, okay. Before we get to the attachment, cause I'm very curious like about the attachment part um, I'm still on the integration of uh, the trauma. So, yeah. so what you're saying, and correct me and change it if you want, is that when you're bringing up, uh, let's say, a particular scene or an experience that was very traumatic, um, and you're doing the bilateral, you're following or tapping or whatever it is, you're saying that it gets processed properly and finally. So it's kind of put to rest. That's right. That's right. Okay. And does it mean that you literally do not feel like triggered anymore? Um, that, I mean, that can be the case. The, the, we're ho the hope is, is that we reduce the distress level, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's ultimately what we're looking for is sort of symptom reduction. And certainly it, I it would be not like not okay for me to say, oh, you'd walk out and you'd never have a problem ever again. Um, but the hope would be that it's, it's not as activating, right? It's not as distressing and that you're, you, you have more of this sense of like resiliency and um, a, an increased sense of safety. 
Okay. And so you've seen success with some of your clients? Oh my gosh. Yes. This is definitely one of my favorite modalities and I am blown away um, just about every time that I do it with people. It's really, really neat. And do you just need to do the, um, let's say the, the triggering experience like one time, or do you have to bring that same experience back a couple of times for it to dissipate? Well, and it, it, it depends on the client. It depends on the type of trauma. It depends on if it's a, if it's like a single incident trauma, like let's say if it's just a, it's a car accident or something like that. Um, it might take a few sessions to, to reduce some of the distress. Um, it also depends on, um, you know, what kind of coping skills the person already has sort of in their tool bag and, and, and how that comes into play. So it really just depends on the person um, on their internal resources and, you know, um, and also the, the, the extent, how extensive is the trauma that we're, we're trying to, you know, uh, approach and, and deal with. Yeah. So I would, I'm, I'm thinking about developmental trauma, which was mm -hmm. like a, you know, ongoing and chronic. Right. Um, and that's where the attachment piece is really important. Okay. Yes. So let's, let's a perfect yeah, that's a perfect segue yeah. to talk about that. Cause, um, so we have, like, like I said, there's EMDR, the, the standard protocol for traditional EMDR is perfect for somebody with like a single incident trauma that, um, may, you know, have had some, you know, attachment figures that, that did a fairly good job and, and, you know, they have that, that sense of safety, security, and, and they can move through with just maybe standard, EMDR, but then there's folks that didn't have that, you know, that had the less than ideal childhood um, where healthy attachment was out of reach. And, and that can be a problem because what do we know? We know that we're relational beings. We okay. depend on others. We need yeah. relationship in order to move through difficulty. That's just how we're wired. And so if we've had the absent caregiver or the misattuned caregiver or even the overbearing caregiver, you know, this, it results in attachment deficits. You know, I did, I didn't get the needs for safety and security met as a child. And as a result, where am I left? I have trouble managing stressors, managing difficult things that come up and I have trouble connecting meaningfully in relationships. Yeah. And so this is where the attachment focus EMDR comes in. And we use the procedures of EMDR, the ones that I just talked about before, and then we heighten the focus to repair those attachment wounds. We heighten the focus to, uh, to repair those deficits. And my question is, how, how right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, so uh, we're looking for the deficits and, um, you know, one of the, the differences, one of the things with attachment focused EMDR is we, like I said, we have that, we have that trauma processing that I talked about. And then we also have this thing called resource tapping. And this is where, um, it's before we get into the trauma processing, we focus on helping a client sort of create these inner resources. And, and a lot of the times we're trying to create like attachment figures um, using their sense of imagination and creativity. So we might, and I, I hate to use the word install, but that's in the literature. 
Um, so we sort of install or we um, kind of help bring out and strengthen these sort of imaginative figures and may and or maybe they're figures from their life mm-hmm. that that have given them a sense of safety, security, soothing that maybe not they're not their parents or not their caregivers, but they've had a taste right of of nurturing, of protection, of maybe wisdom, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so we we take those experiences or we take those ideas or beliefs or those figures and we strengthen them and we what's called tap them in and that's another form of bilateral stimulation it's just a shorter set it's not as long as what we do in trauma processing and what that does is it sort of strengthens those neural networks associated with these positive things and these positive figures Mm. And so when we do end up doing the trauma processing, so let's say we have somebody who, you know, um, I don't know, I'm just going to go through like a random scenario. Let's say I have somebody who comes in that has a history of emotional neglect, you know, a parent was in active substance use or um, something like that. And they've had chronic messages of like unsafety and, and no one was there for them and they're and they feel inadequate and unworthy. And so maybe they find a memory that's associated with that and they go in and attempt to process it. And they start to loop on how, and how, how terrible that was and how difficult it was. Well, I might, this is where I might bring in, what, what did you need? What did you need or what do you need in this moment where you're, where you're looping in this negativity? And maybe the client says, well, I need, I need, um, this, this resource that I created as, that I tapped in earlier, maybe it's a, you know, a, a neighbor that gave them a sense of nurturing. And, and so we, it's almost as if we reimagine the scene using this neighbor and, and, and the client sort of re-experiences the pain of that original scene, but they now have this sense of agency where they, bring in this energy of what it would be like to have that nurturing just like their neighbor used to give them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does. Yeah. And so, and we're doing this all while the bilateral stimulation is going and um, the, the impact of it is just amazing. It really is. It feels a little, you know, like I said, it, I, I convinced my clients, we got to get a little weird. You know, it might feel a little crunchy to use our imagination in this way and use our our, our sense of imagery in this way, but isn't that all what coping skills are? I mean, cause like a coping skill isn't something that's tangible that we, you know, pick up off of a shelf. It comes from inside, it mm-hmm. comes from our mind. And so um, this is just a great way for the client to get a sense of agency and feel like, wow, I can help myself in this way. And as we you know, as we pull from those resources and we help them um, feel what it would be like to experience these positive things that they didn't get from childhood, all of a sudden, you know, some of those memories from the past that were so painful don't feel as distressing anymore. Wow. Now we're not changing the memories, right? We're not, we can't take away from this person who, who had a difficult childhood with you know, active substance use and all that, but, 
but we're able to give them this freedom of being able to help themselves as they look back on these memories so they don't feel so stuck. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting because, I mean, I remember hearing about, you know, imagery and, and imagine you had a safe person with you mm-hmm. and, and we can do that. And in the moment while we're imagining, you know, we're, we're feeling good, we're, we're feeling those sensations. But what's different here is that you're actually talking about tapping in with the bilateral right. that experience so that it actually makes a difference in the brain. That's right. And then the other piece too, that's so important is that what we're doing, who are we doing it with? We're doing it with this therapist who is there being, you know, the client's so vulnerable with me in the moment and, 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 and they're receiving from me a new corrective emotional experience where I see them in their pain. I see them as they're experiencing this and I'm giving them messages like you're doing so good. You are safe here. I'm here for me, for you. And I'm, I'm demonstrating and I'm giving them, you know, that which they didn't receive. So that in essence is also a big piece of attachment focused EMDR, just the therapeutic relationship. That is huge. That mm-hmm. is a repair. And, and exactly. That, yeah. And that really does shift because you're re-experiencing a lot of those painful feelings, but now you've got somebody caring right there with you. It just is, is amazing. It is. It really is. And I just, um, I mean, I, 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 I know I've said it before, but I just find it a sacred experience. Mm-hmm. I, I feel um, so honored to, yeah. to, to be with somebody as they process and, and work through that. Yeah, I would agree. It is a sacred uh, experience. Um, so how long is treatment generally? Or how long is it? Yeah, the treatment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you might find that, um, it's EMDR is actually a shorter treatment term than some of the other modalities, but, you know, also I have clients that maybe we start, uh, some of the attachment focused EMDR, um, sessions, and then, you know, we take a little break, we, we take a break and we do more of the top down mm-hmm. stuff. And we get lost in the weeds, right? We mm-hmm. connect in the in ways and then we might kind of go back in because, you know, really it's the the bilateral stimulation, the EMDR is no joke. It's it can be exhausting. It can be mind blowing. I have some clients who, you know, say that I had to take the whole day off after doing it. Um, you know, it can be exhausting. But generally, I find that um, symptom reduction happens quicker when I use more of the bottom-up modalities, especially attachment-focused EMDR. Okay, so cool. So you're mm-hmm. saying what you've seen from your experience is it tends to be shorter. Mm-hmm. That's right. But but also is interesting too is that you know clients because they do this work and they have these corrective emotional experiences it's almost like they don't want to leave. And I, I totally understand, right? Because right. They, they feel they feel safe and they feel secure and, and it's hard. It's hard to, to yeah. leave something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's what they've been craving, you know, their whole life. And um, right. Yes. And I, here's something I'm wondering, do, do they get attached to you? Like, like, well, it sounds like it from what you're just saying, but do you, is, is that a typical experience where they get like really attached to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I have never, 
in all the years that I've done this, I really have so rarely had an experience where there was like a boundary intrusion where, you know, somebody's trying to like call me in my home or something. No, I, I don't, I, it's, it's such a genuine experience of attachment and, and I've, I've only had positive impacts in that way. And I don't, I, I rarely worry about it kind of bleeding over and outside of, of like therapeutic boundaries. I mean, I've, but I definitely would agree that yes, people absolutely kind of get, you know, get that feeling of, of attachment in a healthy way, right? It's, it's a secure attachment. It's not this, this, oh my gosh, I got to hang on. I'm scared to, to, to let go. It's just this sense of like, oh, this feels so good and so safe and so secure. And, and, and so it's like a healthy attachment. I just, I'm just sitting here thinking how beautiful um, therapy has progressed where it used to feel very uh, flat. Therapists couldn't in the past, I'm talking show right. emotion. And then, you know, you might've felt kind of guarded and not sure what they're thinking. And, and now it just, it, it's, it's moving towards a much more vulnerable, safe, mm. authentic place for real genuine relationship. It's, it's, I'm so pleased to see that. Yes. Yes. I agree. 100%. Yes. Mm, yeah. So what is like, what is the overall goal or what would you like, what would you say would be like your overall goal, you know, that you've seen, let's say doing this kind of attachment EMDR focused work with your client? Right. Um, so my, the overall goal, I think, I think it is for EMDR, but definitely what I'm looking for is symptom reduction. So I want to see a, 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 dis, a, a reduction in the, dis, the distress and a reduction in the symptoms that people come in with. And I also want to see a strengthening of these adaptive beliefs. So, um, you know, ad adaptive beliefs are beliefs like I am, I am okay, I am safe, I am good, I am worthy. I want to see more of a strengthening of those beliefs. And I, I want to strengthen and sort of expand on those positive neural networks associated with resilience. So, you know, I, I want to see more um, people reaching in relationships and communicating in relationships and doing those things that, that they would do when they do feel that sense of safety. And, and I guess that could all be sort of um, summarized by the term integration. I love Dan Siegel and his work and how he talks about integration because we're never going to not have difficulties, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. just what life is. So how do we deal with the difficulties and help with our symptom reduction and, and how those impact us? And how do we strengthen um, our more adaptive beliefs about them, right? So it's like kind of using all of our resources, allowing the bad to come in because we can't fight it, mm -hmm. but figuring out, how do we um, use our resources and uh, sort of almost like, almost like metabolize them for lack of a better term, like metabolize the, the, the things and sort of create like this coherent narrative about it where it sort of makes sense to us. And um, you know, we're, where we're more adaptive if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, that sounds, that sounds great. I'm so glad that we um, 
we had this discussion. I think it will it will clear up a lot of questions that people had about both EMDR and attachment focused EMDR. So Melissa, thank you again for for being here. So appreciative. If people want to find out about your work or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yes, um, I'm on. I'm on. Um, I'm at my website, melissaparkstherapy.com. I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook, Melissa Parks Therapy, and I have some things coming down the pike. So definitely um, look me up and and um, you know follow along. So yeah, that would be great. Oh, great. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm sorry about my dog barking earlier. <laughs> That's okay, because one of the previous podcasts, mine was barking. So there you go. It's real just, nice, guys. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to be, he just wanted to be a part. Well, thank you so much. I hope that you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye. If you would like to find out more information with regards to my coaching options, you could reach me on my website at www.cbtsdcoach.com. You can visit me on my Facebook and Instagram page at CBTSD Coach.